Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome to Revved Up for Sunday. I'm Elizabeth Garnsey. I'm Peter Walsh. I'm Justin Crisp. We come to you from St. Mark's Episcopal Church. Uh, welcome back. And this, uh, we're addressing today Christmas One, the first Sunday of Christmas, which is hard on the heels of Christmas Day this year, mm. uh, the very next day. So see you in church tomorrow if you have the wherewithal to get there. Um, today we look at John 1, 1 to 18, the prologue to John, which is maybe the most poetic passage in mm. all of the New Testament. <laughs> We have a lot to chew on in this gospel. Let's go. Let's hear the text. The text is John 1, 1 to 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born, not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received, grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. The Gospel of the Lord. Mm. So, beautiful. yeah, it's a beautiful passage. It's amazing. And I think, um, you know, if, if the pageant's for children, the incarnation is for grown-ups. And, <laughs> <laughs> and here we get the grown-up passage that takes a little bit of time to digest. I'll tell you my favorite thing about this passage is that it is, um, it's incredibly philosophically dense, right? So the word here in Greek for word in the beginning was the word is in the beginning was the logos and the logos is a greek philosophical concept which for the stoics for example meant uh, the divine principle of reason which permeates the universe and people like marcus aurelius were using this philosophical concept over and over in their writings and talking about how this was a divine um uh, it's it's the divine principle of reason in accordance with which we're all supposed to act, which is somehow embedded in each human being so far as we each have the logos within us. And uh, this, the author of John is saying this word is who Jesus was, right? The logos, whom the Greeks have been talking about and philosophizing about for so long, this is who is made incarnate in Jesus. And yet, I remember um, my New Testament professor in seminary said that for all of that philosophical erudition, right, John is written in the equivalent of like hillbilly Greek, 
The Greek here is like incredibly unsophisticated. This is not the Iliad. This is, uh, if, I can't remember if, if my professor actually compared John's vocabulary to Luke and Matthew and Mark, but certainly relative to the works of somebody like Marcus Aurelius, this is a hillbilly waxing philosophical about the fact that the Logos is made incarnate, made flesh in Jesus. And so we get our own version of the, the great reversal here that we were talking about last time with Luke uh, in the Christmas Day lessons, where, you know, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. God opts for the poor in choosing this no-name nobody from the middle of nowhere in order to become incarnate in this kid's life, etc., God's incarnate in Jesus, not incarnate in Caesar Augustus, not incarnate in Marcus Aurelius. Uh, we get that. Oh, we get a dramatization of that actually at the level of just the text, because John's author is both incredibly philosophically learned and also using the vocabulary of somebody who's very, very uneducated and unsophisticated. Uh, so this is the gospel. This is like philosophy for everybody. <laughs> mm, that's, cool. that's interesting. I don't remember that. I'll have to walk back what I... Where's your Greek Bible? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Uh, I, I, that's, seminary was a long time ago for me. But I always understood John before to be... Before the common you know, era? Is this what we're talking before about? Before the common yeah, era, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah back yeah. when Greek oh. was required. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm, Just kidding. <laughs> I have to take my professor's word for it. I don't do Greek. The philosopher in the house, Jewel, my wife, does the Greek. But I, no, I just I think what I appreciate about the language and the writing in, in John is is the the double and triple meanings in mm. so many places in this gospel that it, in, on that level it feels sophisticated. Yes, right. And it feels like so much is lost in English that right. we can't even begin to know exactly right. how much richness is here unless we really dig into the original text and find out what those places are and what we're missing and what mm -hmm. the you know interlocutors of Jesus were you know, scratching their heads over and, um, you know, the readers of the gospel itself in Greek, um, you know, they, they got more out of it in some way that we can't just yeah. with a plain old English translation. But, yeah, um, but yeah that's totally a really right. interesting perspective. Well, I, I, I amen to, to those, both of the things you just said, but I think that the thing that's interesting here, now, since we're on to the question of translations here, uh, wow. We just losing all kinds of stuff in the translation, yeah, that's right? right? Yeah. And uh, I mean, it is, it's it's totally. beautiful and poetic to us. But I mean, this one line I read, I'm like, what the? Huh? <laughs> um, and the and the and the word became flesh and lived among us. Yeah. I mean, I, that that ought to be like a that these people ought to go to like theological prison here for, <laughs> uh, uh, and, and lived among us here. So I mean, mm. in the Greek word there. The, which in the previous translation was dwelt among us, which mm -hmm. was we're, we're doing a bit better with dwelt. But yep. in the Greek, that's the word for tent, for tabernacle, mm -hmm. and for temple. Mm -hmm. And so this has, I mean, the echoes of God's presence on earth mm -hmm. in the tent when they're when they're forty years in the wilderness, right? And mm -hmm. uh, the, the, all the all the rules around the tabernacle and the. Uh, uh, the, the God's presence in the tabernacle, and then, and then, of course, in the temple, and that, and then, so now we get it's it's in Jesus, right, that's who's right. living among us. He, mm -hmm. Jesus is the temple, the tent, and the tabernacle, right, and mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. that's totally different than. Well, I mean, 
he lived among us. Like, you know, the dude's door. next right. door neighbor. Yes. Right, right. No, this is not the guy who lives next door, right? right There's right. a whole other thing happening here. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing that we, we lose along the way. Oh, by yeah, yeah there's totally. a huge echo here of even Genesis. You know, John's yeah, right. trying to unfold this entire, you know, poem about a new beginning and a whole new race of humanity. And, right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and in the beginning it's just a, a oh, bald echo of Genesis, right? Totally. And an echo of the end. So uh, the, yeah. um, you know, the Gospel of John emerges out of what's known as the Johannine community, which was responsible yeah. for, uh, you know, for, for the Gospel, according to John, for the letters of John. There are three of them in the New Testament. And then also for the Revelation to St. John the Divine at the very end, right? That crazy apocalypse we were, you know, mm-hmm. talking around the edges of during the season of Advent. Mm-hmm. And I'm reminded of of the fact that the story in Revelation culminates with the descent of the new Jerusalem and uh, the, the words are, and the home of God shall be among mortals. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and this is, uh, so another translation of the, the dwelt right. word, which here is right. lived as though, you know, there, mm-hmm. there are neighbors that like, you know, like, like Elizabeth and I are neighbors or something, uh, is made God's home among us. And the word became flesh and made his home mm-hmm. among us. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. there's, there's, there's God making, God's home in Christ here. And, uh, and so you have the in, in the beginning and then you have the incarnation and then you've got God making God's home mm. uh, in, in all of creation yeah. at, at the end somehow. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is like the coming together of all of this stuff. The, is the, 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 his, his life is the point on which the plot, this plot of creation, God making God's home among God's creatures uh, turns. Yeah. I don't think you can put it overemphasize that yeah. point that's so important because I, I and i and one commentator on this says we make a huge mistake to think this is a poem about life in heaven yeah. and not life on earth yeah. right. you know right. that right. jesus dwells here among us and comes into the flesh among us and yeah that's good well yeah. I, I think that if you take a look at the way the gospels are put together the way we receive the gospels <clears throat> with mark as the first gospel and then mark embedded in in matthew and luke uh, and then you just named the Johannine writings in the Johann, Johannine community. What if, in the question of what if, uh, what if um, we didn't see those Johannine writings as secondary because we get mm-hmm. in our lectionary, yeah. Matthew, we get Mark three times a year. I mean, the three, the cycle, because right. Mark's in all of these, and I love Mark, we're St. Mark's Church here, but uh, <laughs> I mean, what if we were able to give the Johannine communities their equal due mm-hmm. uh, in, in our theological stories of Jesus? Right. What does Jesus mean? Because I, I do think that this is the most sublime piece of writing in the New Testament. I mean, there's mm. two other pieces that might compete with it, but as far as a, as a coherent whole, I would say we could all agree on that. And yet this is hardly ever, this hardly ever comes up in our lectionaries. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And then right. it comes up on, on the first Sunday of Christmas, Elizabeth's going to be the preacher, don't miss it, you can, you can, you can stream it or you can come, but uh, uh, it comes on a Sunday after people have just been to Christmas and Christmas Eve, right. and so right. they might not, they might not miss it. And this is like, this is like greatest hits, yeah. greatest hits, yeah. and, it, and we don't get enough of it. Right. Totally right. It might be worth saying that the lectionary, our Sunday lectionary is based on the synoptic gospels, a, a three-year right. cycle where we get, you know, year... Which one's year A? Matthew. Um, it goes Matthew, Mark. Matthew, Mark. And yeah, Luke. yeah, Mark. Yeah. Mark is B, and Luke is year C. Right. And then John's like peppered in at places like Christmas one. So right. synoptic means they all sort of look appear to have drawn upon the same sources and stuff like that. Yeah. And John mm-hmm. is a whole thing apart, written later. 
written in a different style. Yeah. So it's curious we don't have a fourth year in the le- in the lectionary where we just get John. But that's why we have that three year thing. That might be yeah. what comes out of all these podcasts. We might have to redo <laughs> come up with a new lectionary. <laughs> really redo the lectionary. Yeah, the St. Mark's lectionary. Yeah, yeah, that's right, right. <laughs> We're trying to sell it to the Pope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see yeah. If he's yeah interested. Right. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. But but in terms of be, being a Christmas lesson yeah is i think it is you know spotlighting this incarnation christmas yes. is mm-hmm. you know god made flesh coming among us dwelling right. among us to here home to stay you know mm-hmm. coming home it even says coming <laughs> yes. home you yeah. know among god's own and we are god's own and this is god's home mm-hmm. you know yeah. and i i think that's a really beautiful thought in and of I itself that. yeah so that's um you know that's the Overt connection to Christmas is mm. is God coming in. God coming home to stay is maybe the most beautiful thing I've yeah. heard said about Christmas in a very long time. Uh-huh. I really, really mean that, and I really, really believe that. Uh, so, so every every Christmas, um, I spend some time with uh, with W. H. Auden's Christmas Oratorio for the time being, uh, and here it is with a uh, W. H. Auden's mug on the cover. You're only this um, far. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I know. So this, this is this is all of his stuff. Okay? Twelve years. The Christmas Oratorio is not this long. Okay, I, I promise. Uh, but the Christmas Oratorio is totally. I mean, I I just think it's like it's just one of the best things that Auden ever wrote. It's maybe one of the greatest things ever written in English mm-hmm. because it can it makes the Christmas story contemporary for us. I mean, it, it's as though the Christmas story was happening in like bourgeois New Canaan. Okay, so like Mary is worried that she's going to like her anxiety is going to like mess up her kid, and her kid's going to have to see a therapist. Uh, Herod is a bureaucrat who's just annoyed that like God would put him in this position where he had to make like difficult decisions about this yeah. kid, and he's worried about like the barbarians are at the gate in the north. He's worried about the future of the Roman Empire. He's just trying to keep the trains running on time. Uh, and Simeon, Simeon, uh, who um, I don't know that actually we're going to get Simeon's uh, lesson in our lectionary this year because of some choices we've made about Christmas too. Um, wow. but, um, but the Simeon is an elderly man who is a part of the temple staff as it were. And Mary and Joseph bring Jesus for the ritual of, um, uh, for his, uh, you know, for his circumcision and for Mary's, um, ritual purification after giving childbirth in the temple. And Simeon greets them and Simeon sees him and says the very famous song of Simeon, which is, um, been often set to music by Anglicans and even song services. My, uh, I, you know, um, Lord, now lettest thou thy my soul depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared for all people. Um, and this is him seeing Jesus and basically saying, okay, now I can, now I, I, I am at peace. I've seen the Messiah, the promised one, and now I can die in peace. And Simeon, according to Auden, is like this great philosopher. So Simeon does, <laughs> Simeon is the one who gives voice to all of Auden's like philosophical reflections about mm-hmm. Christmas. But he concludes them with, with this patches. This is in the voice of Simeon. And he's been, Auden has been um, talking through Simeon about how there's something about God being made concrete in Jesus, particular, scandalously particular in this kid, that makes God universally relevant and accessible to all people for all time. Because if you want to find God, look at this kid. Look at this I look at look at this kid. If you want to find God, look at this baby. Uh, it's like at, at the very end of our lesson today. Uh, it is God, the only Son, who's close to the mm. Father's heart, who has made Him known. If you want to know God, this is it. And um, uh, Simeon says, Auden says through Simeon, 
Because of our Lord's visitation, we may no longer desire God as if he were lacking. Our redemption is no longer a question of pursuit, but of surrender to him who is always and everywhere present. Therefore, at every moment, we pray that following him, we may depart from our anxiety into his peace. Mm-hmm. And who doesn't want that, right? Who doesn't, who doesn't want to depart from our anxiety these days into his, into his peace? And if, if, if Auden is right, and I think he is, if the author of John's gospel is right, and I, I think that they were, if you want to depart from your anxiety into God's peace, come to the cradle, come to the manger, look at this kid. Mm. That's it. That's I, where God that's is. It's beautiful. I wrote it down. That's how beautiful it is. Yeah. yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, we have, we have great themes in, in this gospel in that, you know, obviously that's one of them where Jesus is the epitome of the flesh of God. Mm. And, um, but also in John, we have this theme of light darkness, mm-hmm. you know, witness, testimony, um, you know, this, this whole passage, these 18 verses are, are really the key to the entire gospel that follows. And um, if, it, you know, as we read through the gospel of John, you have to look back at this prologue to really, you know, make sense of it and know this perspective yeah. that, you know, as I said right. before, this omniscient narrator kind of, right. um, has in mind, even though he's being rejected, 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 accused, 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 you know, chased and wanting to be killed, people wanting to kill him. Um, everything points back to, but he, but he's God, you know, he's like the Christ Mm -hmm. and, um, is, was, and is to come, you know, as he's pointed to revelation, the alpha and the omega, you know, all the rest is the darkness trying to overcome this light Mm -hmm. and cannot, and will not, and cannot, and did not. Yeah, you know, yeah. and um, so the, it's set up. I'll just point out that you know we get a funny introduction to John the Baptist here, like, unlike the ones yeah. we get in the other Gospels, where he's he's his the first introduction <clears throat> is there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. So he didn't come, you know, with his baptism of repentance and his hair shirt and all that stuff. He came. Uh, as a witness, and he's like the first of a whole battery of witnesses in mm. in this gospel that's written like a trial, you know, where Jesus yeah, right is like systematically right. like wrongly accused of, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, breaking the Sabbath, making himself equal to God, mm-hmm. having a demon, being a foreigner. You know, at one point they accuse him of being a Samaritan, mm-hmm. and um, he's, you know, finally gets to Pontius Pilate, you know, are you a king? Right. They say you're a king. You know, everything is, is leading up to a, tr- a trial where Jesus barely gives his own defense. He mm-hmm. came as a, a witness to the truth. And um, so it's, it's a sort of interestingly yeah. crafted gospel. And I think it's kind of all self-contained in this prologue. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it goes on to tell an incredible story. Yeah, it's a, that that in in these eighteen verses we we get the story of what follows in the next twenty one chapter. Oh, I guess next right. twenty chapters after mm-hmm. this. Really, it's all everything has its echo here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm yeah. Just a, a word about the light. You know, when I think of what is what is God, uh, who is God, what is God, the being of God, uh, and back to your Johannine community and the, the things that you're saying about what is what is in the text here, I think of God as. Capital L. Evelyn Underhill used to talk about God. Just name, just name the 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 you know like what you would call God light. 
right, capital L, and, and nice. talk about why that was. But I think of God as capital L, life, light, and love. And so in the Johanna writings, we get God right. is love, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. in 1 John. Mm-hmm. And here, uh, it's clear, as you just pointed out, it's light, light, light. There's light everywhere here. And that mm-hmm. life, in the beginning, was where nothing came into being, no, no being, no, no life came into being except through him. So we get, to mm-hmm. my mind, the characteristics of the divine being uh, in light, life, in love. And uh, which is very important for me when I think about uh, the being of God and our job as, as uh, people who, who seek the being of God, more close connection to the being of God in, in this life and in the life to come. Uh, and, and Justin, I wonder, you're our theologian in residence, and, uh, which, we, which is a fact. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and you and I have talked about this before with reference to our Reredas, and I wonder mm-hmm. if you might teach us, because uh, you taught me, and I would like you to teach us, teach everybody who's listening. Uh, the Reredas, uh, for those of you who do not know, is the, is the incredible sacred art that is behind our altar. Uh, and it is uh, has 186 pieces, and it, it includes two swoops: the hand of God about down which it comes, and then God, the return to God. I wonder if you might tell us theologically about what's happening on the rear dust, because it's happening in John's Gospel, and you gave me a term for it once, and I, I don't yeah. remember anymore. So teach us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teach so, us um, uh, so in um, the term that's often used for it <clears throat> is from the Latin, because it was very popular in the medieval period, and they were writing in Latin. So exitus reditus. So. Everything comes from God, as it were. So it exits from God, <laughs> as it were. So you've got to, all things came into being through him, right? And without him, not one thing came into being. And there you go. So that's the first swoop. So at the top of the Reredos in the left-hand corner, you've got the hand of God representing God's creative power, perhaps the power of the word through whom God the Father creates in the power of the Spirit, trying to get all the Trinitarian persons in there. Uh, you know, and then, and then all of the creatures come down, the, all, all of the critters. And then at the very bottom, you know, you, you get uh, you get Adam and Eve, and then you get the fall stated. You know, I anyway. Enough about the fall. Uh, that's that's the, I don't. I, perhaps there's darkness, and that's that's where that is. I think it is interesting that when in our Reredos, the depiction of the creation of humanity is already the fall. Right? It's Adam receiving <laughs> the fruit from Eve. There's not like a moment before that. I mean, it's just like wow. that's the moment on our Reredos. Just interesting for reflection at some other time. <laughs> and then you get uh, on our Reredos, you get the return to God. And so that's why I have all of these incredible symbols, symbols of the sacrament, symbol mm-hmm. of, symbols of our uh, the human search, the human pursuit of God as we return to God. That's the Reditus, the return back. And then that's the second swoop that goes back up and, and meets that creative hand again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that actually John's gospel gives a slightly different twist on that Exodus Reditus story. Because it's not so much, according to this text as I see it, that God creates and stays up here. <laughs> and then we're down here and then we go back. It's rather that God creates and then jumps into it. Yeah. <laughs> and makes God's home to stay. And then, of course, by the power of, uh, by the grace which is in Jesus Christ, carries us, as it were, with God. And so, the, and so perhaps in that way there's some kind of an elevation. So we're going back up. And so would you say, um, Jesus, just to finish this up, and I'm, I'm, I'm aware of time, but here, but so that, that in John's Gospel, I know we're a long way from this, though this is the summary of all to come here. Yeah. That, the, that in John's Gospel we get 
uh, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension as one unit. Yep. It's all one that's exactly movement, right. and that's that's the that's the thisness of of, mm-hmm. of this. And, that's exactly right. right. And, and that and that as people of the resurrection, we it's like a peloton, right? Yep. Uh, uh, we we talk in behind Jesus who has led mm-hmm. the way. That's exactly right. Yeah. From His fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this this whole um, this whole passage, because it contains all, it's a precy. It contains all things that are about to come. It's interesting that there's no overt reference to the death and the crucifixion etc because the crucifixion is i think for john a variation on a theme of glory and grace Mm -hmm. right and that's happening here all the time the cross is just one more example of the light shining in the darkness and Mm -hmm. the darkness doesn't overcome it Mm -hmm. thank you for that and and uh, i really appreciate your just I do too. It's beautiful. Yeah. I, I like to think of those those light panels maybe yeah. as God coming along through the whole cycle with us. That's really maybe nice. that's, that's good. Know. That's excellent. Everything, everything, <laughs> yes, totally. the, everything in the divine. Light. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's yeah. incredible. Well, if your appetite's not wet yet for this gospel, um, maybe watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can't wait to talk more about it. Um, thank you both for your incredible wisdom mm. and beautiful uh, perspectives on this gospel. So Merry Christmas once again. Hope you'll share, like, watch again this podcast and subscribe if you can. And we'll see you in church.